0: Hey everyone, this is Patrick Albin from the SPMI podcast, and you are listening to episode number 16. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining in today. Today I have a really exciting topic. In fact, it's such a good topic that I wanna do a series on this topic throughout the year. And what we're talking about today is the practice of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is not only a practice, but is a powerful skill that helps athletic performance tremendously. And we're going to discuss a lot of the details of mindfulness, what it is, and also the different attitudes of mindfulness. And then most importantly, what is the practical approach to implementing this practice in a way that's going to help on the field, on the court, in the arena, and so forth. So I'm excited to I'm excited to really share this with everyone. And we're going to start off by actually discussing what mindfulness is first. And I want to first discuss in the sense of sport and why is mindfulness important? Well, mindfulness is the ability for an athlete or an individual to really have a heightened level of awareness. And you see, awareness is the number one mental skill in all of sports, because without self awareness, we will continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. So for example, if an athlete is thinking negatively or making a mental mistake and they're unaware of it, well, then they're going to keep repeating that mistake. And then it will perpetuate into other areas where they just struggle and struggle over and over. Therefore, mindfulness is a critical skill of increasing one of the most important skills in sport. Now. When an athlete is able to achieve such a heightened level of awareness, what that opens the door for is for the possibility of achieving what's called a flow state. Now, a flow state is when the athlete is so focused and so connected with the activity itself that nothing else matters. That means there's absolutely no thoughts about the future, the past, about any external variables that relate to pressure. Um, anything about the ego, as we mentioned in the last podcast, it's just completely disconnected from all of that. And then from the flow state, then creates the opportunity for achieving the zone state. And this is where every athlete ideally wants to be. This is when the athlete is in a place where performance really slows down and it gets easier. It's when we experience this heightened level and cessation of joy, and we're just so connected to the activity itself. But once again, performance does facilitate in this manner. But in order to get to this process, we first need to understand mindfulness and really practice this skill, implement it daily. So that way it opens the opportunity to then achieve the flow state, which then further opens the opportunity to achieve the zone state. So let's go back to mindfulness again. So we said mindfulness is a heightened level of awareness to the present. Now, one of the common misconceptions of mindfulness among many athletes, parents, and coaches is that mindfulness is about being positive. And that's actually not true. Um, I, I know we we stress the importance of being positive and yes, that is critical, but it's not always necessary. In fact, when we look at studies, being completely positive is actually impossible because of the intrusive thoughts that we experience throughout the day. And intrusive thoughts are simply uninvited thoughts that are automatic. And we have these intrusive thoughts for survival, we have them for comfort. So the goal is not to be 100% or perfectly positive. That would be great in a lot of instances, but this is why we have mindfulness because mindfulness actually allows us to bypass that dependency of needing to be 100% positive. So once again, mindfulness is not about being positive. In fact, it's not even about thinking. It actually pertains to paying attention to our thoughts, right? It's not about thinking. It's about paying attention to thinking. So how does this relate to athletes? Well, there are many athletes, world-class athletes who also struggle with positivity. They they become quite negative, they get emotional, and they experience that in big moments. However, those who have really mastered the skill of mindfulness are able to bypass needing to be positive. Why? Because they have this heightened level of awareness that allows them to understand what is happening in the moment so that they can then self-regulate. Now what is self-regulate? Well, self-regulate, which comes from self-regulation, is now the ability for the athlete to make on-the-fly changes to becoming more positive, calming down, maybe doing breathing techniques, taking a step back, resetting, right? Going back into their routines, whatever that matter is for that particular athlete, that is what they can do because they have this ability to have this heightened level of awareness, right? They have mastered to some degree mindfulness. So mindfulness is Incredibly important to be able to adjust, to be able to make those adjustments on the fly. Whereas many other athletes, when they get into that state, where you know they're upset, they're frustrated, or they're worried, they're stuck. Right? They're stuck, and then that becomes their demise, and they end up underperforming. So, what we're talking about at the highest level of mindfulness is then what's called metacognition or first meta-awareness. Meta-awareness just means awareness of awareness. So, uh, for example, if we are aware that something bad is happening and, you know, we're frustrated, well, then that's one form of awareness. But meta awareness is almost as if we can step out of our body and notice that we are frustrated, that we are angry, or we are scared. And that is when we can start to implement other techniques to calm the mind to relax the body and to really uh, readjust back to that optimal state. So that's meta-awareness. Then we have metacognition, which is similar, but cognition just means thoughts. So we have then these negative thoughts that occur too. It's not just a feeling, but it's the thoughts. So yeah, those thoughts of, you know, really negative thoughts that are occurring in those moments and then being aware of the negativity. And then once again, having a solution for that as well. So mindfulness really helps us to adjust to get right back to that ideal place. And the more we practice mindfulness, the faster we can make those adjustments. And yes, we're not just talking about these thoughts that are occurring, but even more importantly, the emotional state that the athlete's going through at the time. Right. So the physiological response that they feel heightened levels of tension in their shoulders, or if they notice their heart rate is beating faster or their breathing patterns are quicker, or they're rushing. Well, with mindfulness, they now understand how to get back to a calm place of peace and serenity, where now they can allow the subconscious to then work for them, right? Not against them. So that's a big part of mindfulness there. Now, when we go into mindfulness, we have uh, various attitudes of mindfulness. And I, I like to break this down from a practical standpoint and understand how do we apply these different attitudes. And there are nine of them but today, I'm just going to share um, the details of one of them. And actually, one of these attitudes is actually one of my favorite attitudes out of the nine for mindfulness. It's one that often goes unnoticed by many athletes. They, um, they don't even realize that, that this is an ability. It's a skill that they can leverage to be able to perform at a high level under pressure. And that attitude is called beginner's mind. Now, what is beginner's mind? Well, beginner's mind is the ability for an athlete to see something as if for the first time. Can you notice it as if for the first time? So why is that important? Well, a lot of times when athletes go into situations, they are not seeing situations as if for the first time, they're actually seeing it through a type of filter, right? They're seeing it through a filter. We call this the thinking mind. So this means that if we go into a situation like a pressure moment, well, we may, our, our brain will then revert back to past moments and how we did In similar situations. And unfortunately, the default mode of the brain is to go back to bad situations, not good situations, because our brain does favor safety. So it'll go back a lot of times to the worst possible situation, the worst possible uh, thing that could happen versus the most likely thing that could happen. And then that ends up hurting our performance. So with mindfulness, or or more specifically with beginner's mind, we want to see it as if for the first time, we want to be able to remove the filter in the moment. Now that sounds near impossible. It's like, Patrick, how the heck do you remove the filter from the mind, right? We're talking about an emotion as well. How do you just eliminate that? And we're not talking about eliminating at all. We're talking about detaching and there's a big difference. So let's just kind of go through an example here. Let's say we have an athlete who is in a pressure situation, we'll take a baseball player, for example, and this baseball player is behind in the count. He's up against a really tough pitcher and there's runners on base. And all of a sudden his thinking mind comes into play and it says, or thinks something like, Hey, um, you've been in the situation before and you struck out and everyone depended on you and you ended up losing the game as a result. Well, that's the filter, right? What does that do? That heightens his physiological response where now he has more tension in his body, his heart rate's faster, he may be perspirating more. But then what happens is because he's mastered mindfulness, he steps back, he may do some breathing and he starts to get into that metacognition state, right? Thinking about thinking or meta-awareness, starts to understand what's happening right now and he starts to regulate, starts to get back to the present, he starts to let go. That's really the goal of mindfulness. But what's really cool about this is we don't need to do all of that with beginner's mind. That's why beginner's mind is so powerful. We, we can actually bypass some of the steps to be able to just get right to the point. So let's take the same scenario. Let's take the baseball player who, once again, is behind the count, runners on base, it's late in the game, teams depending on him to get a hit. And here comes the filter right here comes the thinking mind okay remember the last couple times you really messed up this is on you Um, don't let your team down and the frustration builds attention builds but now he's going to see the situation differently he's going to see it as if for the first time so what is he looking for he's looking for slight differences slight details visual details or sensory details that highlight differences in in, that, that show that, you know, the situation is different. It's not the same as before. So he may look for, okay, well, right now, um, this picture, I've never been in the same predicament as I am with this picture right now. Okay. That's different, right? That's not the same. We cannot go back and perfectly compare it. Or, you know what? I've never actually been in this situation in this stadium before with this coach that we have right now with these runners on base, or we can even go smaller. Well, actually I've never been in a situation before where the field is slightly varied. Okay. Like the way the ground is the way the grass is or the temperature. But here's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is this. When we talk about mindfulness, when we talk about beginner's mind. A lot of times we're looking for this perfect solution that shows that this is new, that this situation is different. But what's great about beginner's mind is that it does not even have to be true. We don't even need to know that it's true to use it, to leverage it and say, Hey, this is the first time our mind just simply has to believe it. So this is a really powerful, um, practice that we want to do. We want to look for slight differences that highlight the fact that this is a new situation, that this is not the same as before so that we can return to the present. We want to always return to the present state. That is the most powerful, most important state for every athlete. Listening is you want to protect that you want to be present as long as possible and mindfulness helps us to achieve that. So with beginner's mind, we no longer need to uh, go through such deep steps. We can just look for these nuances that say, okay, well, this is different. This feels different. This looks different. And then let's treat it as different, as opposed to let's compare it and let's prepare because that could happen again. So it, it removes also the the fear, right? The the, the fear factor in those situations. So I, I want to share with everyone a, a kind of a I guess a cute story that that I experienced when I was little, and this is just a great example of beginner's mind and how it works. Uh, this is one of my earliest memories i have as as a as a person and this occurred when i was i want to say 3 years old um maybe 4 let's say 3 years old i was very young and i was um being watched by my grandparents so or i wasn't watched at this moment i was in the backyard of my grandparents house and i was in the grass and i was just playing you know in the yard and i was sitting down and i saw this thing that was on a, on a flower. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I was very curious, and I just decided to play with it. So I started petting it. I believe I recall. I tried to put it on my hand to hold it, and immediately I felt the sensation of pain, the sharp sensation of pain. So I run inside, and my grandmother is panicking, and I'm you know crying. So she sits me down for fifteen minutes. She you know calms me. I believe she gave me a little ice. And then after 15 minutes, she sends me right back outside. So here I am back outside, and I'm sitting out in the yard again, I'm playing again. And I notice something else and I don't know what it is. It's, it's far different looking, especially to a three-year-old. So I decide to engage in it curiously and I play with it. And once again, I put on my hand, I'm kind of petting it. And this took a little bit longer, but after let's say 15 seconds or even 10 seconds, I experienced a lot of pain again, So then I go run inside and I'm crying. And at this point, my grandmother is just flipping out and she's like, you're not going back outside. This is it. And she gives me some ice and calms me down. Well, what were those two things? Well, the first time I went out there, it was a honeybee. Okay. Obviously it stung me, a honeybee. The second time I went out there 15 minutes later, it was a bumblebee. Now to a three-year-old, they look a lot. Difference, right? We all know what a honeybee looks like, and even a bumblebee. But the bumblebee, at least to a three-year-old at that time, you watching, I believe, it was Sesame Street and all these things, and it was a Fraggle Rock and all that. Like I, I would look at it, and it looked, um, it, it looked like a character. <laughs> it looked almost cartoonish, right? It looked like a, you know, a, a puppet. It was, it was just really cool, where it was kind of furry and bubbly and wobbly. So I had zero fear, and this is what it's about. I saw those two situations with beginner's mind. Right There was no anxiety going through my body. There was no um, future worry about what could possibly happen. I was completely connected in the moment while I was holding the honeybee and the bumblebee, and I was just experiencing as it was, without anything else that was getting in the way. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Now, after those experiences, I then um, then a, a filter was created in my mind. Where now, when I saw a B, immediately there was this physiological response where I felt more tense and I got anxiety and then I had fearful thoughts. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of uh, this stuff that wasn't there before. So it's about being able to remove the filter, removing the filter, getting to a place of peace with no judgments where you're not comparing at all. That is the beginner's mind. We want to be able to see everything as if for the first time. So what I challenge everyone to do who's listening right now is write down what your filters are. What are your fears? What happens in those moments when you're struggling, when you're suffering, when you're frustrated, uh, when you, let's say you're at the brink of choking, understand what's happening in those moments and then start writing down solutions. Okay, well, what can I do? What little things can I see differently to see it as if for the first time? And it can be the smallest little thing like i am doing more breathing right slowing down my breath i am changing the cadence of my walk right little tiny things that's all you need It's even just one thing and guess what then it becomes different then there's it, it's actually invalid it's inaccurate to compare to prior experiences here's another great one i often tell my athletes You are different when you go out there and compete. Why? Because you're way mentally tougher than you've ever been. You have now been implementing a skill that you've been practicing, rehearsing daily, along with the physical. So you're not the same athlete as before. Therefore it is different. It is not the same. And when they do this now, not only are they present, right? Not only are they in this beginner's mind state, but their confidence is at a new level. So this is what we want to tap into as athletes and as parents, I encourage a lot of you to not add more, but actually subtract, right? We don't want to add. We want to subtract. We want to focus more on the emotional and say, Hey, go out there and have fun. Enjoy it. This is a different time for you. It's a time for you to be present, a time for you to learn, a time for you to make discoveries and really challenge yourself to be the best version of yourself now so you know just understand your role as well but practice this and i I promise everyone here that with this practice there's going to be also more joy in your sport while competing uh, as well as better performances remember no moment is exactly the same and what happens with our brain is that is predisposition to look at past results for future possibilities and yes the past is one of the best predictors of future success or future situations but it's not an absolute. In fact, oftentimes there's this huge bias where we overly, um, actually overly, uh, analyze the past to try to predict the future. And when we look at studies, we find that the farther back we go, the more vague it becomes. So then we want to take just general principles, principles, but not specifics. So for an athlete, for example, if you are going out there competing in a competition. You want to go off something that's more recent, not something that's three, four, five, six years ago. Because then, if you do that, you want to take more like vaguer principles, like you know. But the real small details are more recent. If you want to make sure that the the validity of what you're using when you go out there to compete is as meaningful, is, is actually um, correct, right? That's significant. So just keep that in mind. But once again, great attitude is mindfulness. That's one of the. It's I'm sorry. It's um, beginner's mind right? Beginner's mind is the one of the top attitudes and there are nine. So you know, throughout the year, I you know, touch on other attitudes as well, but this is just such a great one that so many athletes aren't even aware of. Um, and if you're not aware of, it, it's not your fault. You know, if I ask athletes, Hey, do you practice beginner's mind? And, and they're like, no, I didn't even know it existed. So, you know, you start from zero, You're like, man, Patrick, I'm always comparing, I always have a filter. That's fine. Cause that's how the brain is predisposition. So we're working on something that's not only, um, new, but also it's unnatural and you've got to develop it. So work on that a lot. Um, and then next week we'll have the next episode. not sure if I'm going to go into another attitude of mindfulness or I'm going to go into another skill altogether. But definitely uh, continue to work on your mind. As I mentioned before, definitely check out the program this year. Every month, we're going into a new skill that's very specific to every athlete's needs. So check that out. That is on our website, spmiplus.com. It's also in the description in the podcast. Uh, There is a 14-day free trial, so please sign up. Check it out. You have nothing to lose, only everything to gain. And for those of you who want or are interested in one-on-one sessions, uh, please check out our other website, which is gospmi.com. So it's G-O like gospmi.com. Uh, there's a form. You can set up a consultation uh, and I'd be more than happy to speak with you about it. Uh, but definitely work on your mind. This year is the time to get ahead. It's the time to really strengthen the mind. Because remember, the mind is is really the the main components, right? The mind drives the body. And that's what we want to keep in mind as well. No pun intended. <laughs> so work on this. Um, I wish everyone the best this week. Uh, we have an exciting year ahead of us, a lot to learn, a lot of places to grow. Um, and uh, yeah, I wish everyone a great rest of the week. And uh, um, until next time.